0: Hey, this is Steve Thompson, and today we're going to be reading Matthew chapter 8, the first 17 verses. Jesus has just finished a mind-blowing teaching that pulls really the law straight back to the heart of God and his true intentions with the law, and also expands our imaginations and practices of what it looks like to live in the kingdom that's breaking into our world under the rule and reign of God. And now he's going to move from teaching to demonstrating this new emerging reality. Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly, the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus said to him, Don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and plead, pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. And I tell you this that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, Go back home, because you believed it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. When Jesus arrived at Peter's house, Peter's mother in law was sick in bed with a high fever. But when Jesus touched her hand, the fever left her. Then she got up and prepared a meal for him. That evening, many demon possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command, and he healed all of the sick. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, who said, he took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. So this fulfilled what God had been doing and intending to do since the creation of the world and had been declaring it for centuries, primarily through the prophet Isaiah, but through the other prophets as well, that part of his reordering and renewing of the world through the Messiah And part of our salvation is physical and emotional healing, a renewing and reordering of our physical bodies. So yes, our bodies will continue to break down on us, unfortunately. And yes, our bodies will all eventually die. These can't be avoided. But really, our bodies weren't suited for eternity, these ones that we have now. God has new, imperishable, spirit-fueled bodies that will not break down, that will not get sick, that will not age in the life to come. And that's a subject I can't dwell on too much right now, but there's plenty of uh, corroborating scriptures um, throughout the New Testament, if you'd like to catch up with those. But what Jesus is doing here is giving us A foretaste, like a tangible foretaste of what's to come, and an experience of how things are intended to be in the here and now. So, where my mind automatically goes when reading the Gospels is that we have been invited and commanded, commissioned, and authorized to teach what Jesus taught, certainly, and do what Jesus did, and live in the ways Jesus lived. Through our own bodies and circumstances and cultures and our family social systems, what does it look like for Jesus to live his life and kingdom through us? What this means is that every bit as much as we need to make adjustments to how we pray or give or do marriage or handle justice issues and revenge or all of the other things that Jesus taught about on the mountain Every bit in the same way, we have to make adjustments to what we do to follow his suit. In other words, as we teach, there's also the practical healing of the sick and casting out demons. We get to bring physical relief and spiritual and emotional freedom to people, to communities. And I'm convinced of this. So I want to share a little of how I'm trying to live that out. But before I wrap up with that, I want to just check in on a few words that jumped out to me as I was reading and meditating on this passage. I have been mesmerized by the immediacy with which these healings took place. I don't know what Matthew's motives were in highlighting the miraculous nature of how quick these turn of events were. I've got lots of questions about all of that, but it builds in me an expectation that not only can God do these things, but that God wants to and enjoys healing people in unexpected and dramatic fashion even. Does it happen all the time? No, clearly not. But as far as we can tell from scripture, Jesus' batting percentage of healing the sick was 100%. Now, Jesus healing through me is roughly 1% to be generous. Uh, So so there's so much I could get into about why that dynamic. But what I'm enthralled by is Jesus' joyful heart in doing so, his willingness. Here's how I hear him responding to that leper who said, if you're willing, I can be healed. I hear him saying, I am so willing or, Oh, I'm will, I'm willing. All right. I was willing before you even asked, or you had me at Lord. No, wait, that's a, that's a movie quote, or I've never been willing. I'm sorry. I've never not been willing. My friend, I have been waiting for you to ask. So that I believe is God's unmistakable posture. And then we have the Marine. Let's just kind of put it in you know modern military terms. He's all ready to make the trip to this guy's house, Jesus is, to meet his family, to heal his servant. And by the way, what kind of a relationship did this soldier have with his servant that he would risk so much going to someone who kind of probably from his perspective is just a Jewish magician um, to solve the problem? But that aside... The officer has so much confidence and faith in what he's seen and heard of Jesus that he says, I know your type. As a matter of fact, I am that type. Just say the word, give the marching orders, and it will be done. And the servant was, in fact, healed at the very moment they had that conversation. Then it moves on to Peter, who presumably had just seen this, but he decided he'd rather have Jesus over to his house for a little face-to-face time. And the moment Jesus touches the hand of Peter's mother-in-law, she's completely well, the fever's gone, and all of a sudden she's hungry. She wants some food. And hey, while I'm up, why don't I just whip up a big meal for all of us? And then the final summary uh, paragraph, I guess, of how this was a repeated pattern. Matthew recalls that demons fled with a simple command. One word or phrase was all it took. So this is authority. This is power. This is what the kingdom having its way on earth looks like. And this is the power and authority, the very same that Jesus passed along to you and to me. All of us. Every Jesus follower gets to do this. This is not a superpower that only a select random chosen are bequeathed with, No, this is a wide open invitation. So here's how I'm trying to step into this reality that I'd encourage all of you to try out in your own way. But for me, first off, I don't want to miss any opportunity that I can get to pray healing for and with someone. So every morning I ask the Lord, what he wants to do, if maybe he wants to give me a heads up about anyone um, that he specifically wants me to interact with or something that he'd like to do through me. Um, now, I haven't had too many of those experiences where God has done that, but I always want to leave the door wide open. And then when I come across a need during the day, usually it's very... Um, what's the word just fluid part of conversation not contrived i'm not accosting anybody but in inquiring about you know their their need or their injury or their pain or suffering or whatever it might be i'm like well if jesus were here what would you ask him to do and then can i ask for you And I pause right there to listen to the Holy Spirit to see if he, you know, the spirit would give me any special insights or instructions. And then I just speak whatever comes to mind at that point. This is all of assuming they said, yeah, I'd love you to pray for me. Now, oftentimes as I'm doing this, I do remind myself that Jesus instructed us to do what he did. And so I try and give that. I mean, I say that out loud. And then I try and give very simple instructions to the sickness or the injured body part or to the demonic presence, if I'm sensing that to go away and submit to Jesus and do whatever Jesus tells them or it to do. Another uh, practice that I have has been keeping a journal record of every time I get to pray with or over someone for healing. And as I look back over the dozens of times I've done this over the past few months, I was looking back through and I could really only count four as an actual healing. And none of those four were immediate. So what did I do with that? Um, Well, what I could do is disconnect, uh, between my experience and what the Bible recounts as the truth of what it looks like when the kingdom is breaking in. And so I might be seeing that disconnect as an excuse to give up, uh, or, or a reason to give up why I keep trying, why I keep keep beating my head against a wall. Um, Or I know that there's a strong pull inside of me to reinterpret what scripture means or to modify the context to conclude that my experience is the norm and that scripture's account is actually the exception. And there's probably other legitimate responses to this gap that we experience, but because I keep hearing of where this happens in other people's lives uh, around me uh, and that I've seen and given witness to, and then of course in other places and in other countries, I can safely eliminate that need or impulse to reinterpret scripture in light of my experience. It's rare, but it happens. Uh, In my experience. So my determination has been to make it less rare by seeking and making space for more intimacy with the father. I mean, Jesus got away and he said he only did what he saw the father doing. So I want to get familiar with what the father's doing. And then by not only taking advantage of every opportunity, but making opportunities myself to pray for healing, and no, I'm not talking about going out and deliberately injuring someone so I can pray for them. I I know that's what you thought. That's ridiculous. (laughs) But um, like last night when I was at a wrestling meet, I was asking the father if there were any opportunities around me to pray for healing or also to engage in conversation or just joining God in his kingdom emerging in that space and place. Like if he was going to give me any kind of heads up, how could I join him? And I didn't actually have any oppor- any opportunities to present themselves, um, but I was looking for them. And so just that practice that very often me and my youngest son, Becker, he's up for this. When we're headed into public spaces, we try to together, remember, to look for those opportunities. And I'm really confident that there's going to be a time when I, maybe it's on a podcast or a message or whatever, where I get to share back with you a bunch of of healings, and even immediate healings. I'm confident that at some point, my experience and reality will begin to resemble more and more the reality and experience that scripture describes. Now, I'm not saying any of this to brag in any way, shape, or form. I mean, there's really nothing to brag about. And even when these things begin to happen, I'm confident that there's still nothing to brag about other than God's goodness and his desire for everyone to experience him in this way. There's certainly nothing special about me. So I guess what I've been doing here today is sharing with you my pretty raw thoughts about healing and how we are invited into this ministry that Jesus had. Um, This is definitely not a concise theology. Uh, There are way more questions than answers here. But if you happen to like what I'm talking about, it's resonating with you, or you feel similarly inspired to be seeking God in this way, then would you let me know, actually? Uh, My email address is thompson at sentonmission.com, S-E-N-T-O-N-M-I-S-S-I-O-N, And uh, I would just love to hear about that and start a conversation. Honestly, I'd love to invite you to be a part of our prayer team because we are trying to learn and grow and practice these things, Um, but it doesn't even have to be that as the next step. I'd really just love to get a chance to chat with you more about your experiences and desires, but we'll wrap it up with that. And I just want to have Jesus as a part of our conversation here. And Lord, would you invite us all again to join you in this amazing mission of the kingdom, this mission of bringing healing where bodies and hearts and spirits are broken. Would you remind us and authorize us again to not just talk about what you're doing in our lives, even though that's amazing too, but to unleash your power into people's lives, to free them and us for that matter of addiction and demonic pestering and physical barriers. And also as we step into this mission, would you meet us in our time alone with you? Even giving us supernatural heads up about what we're going to encounter and who we're needing to reach out today. Um, just speak to us, give us, a A picture of what you're doing and inviting us into. I'm so excited that you're not content to leave this broken and deteriorating world alone, and that you're constantly bringing your rule and reign to bear wherever your followers are at. So thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you for uh, the stories that we're going to get to share of your goodness, graciousness, and power. So thank you and amen, and let's go. (laughs) Have a great day.